This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I've got Coach Vanessa with me and Coach Kat, the three of us, and we discuss the problem with intuitive eating. Now, I got a lot of feedback and requests to record a podcast episode on intuitive eating. Now, we always talk about intuitive eating being the end goal for every single one of our clients. However, you need to earn the right to intuitively eat. And there is a really big problem with people believing that they can jump straight into intuitive eating without really doing the work beforehand that's required to actually get you into that place. Now, towards the end of this conversation, actually, once we jumped off, Coach Vanessa and Coach Kat and myself were like, we need to do a part two. So... This conversation is going to be all around why you need to earn the right to intuitively eat. And then we would love to come back and do a part two around, okay, how do you actually implement intuitive eating habits to be able to transition from, you know, potentially counting macros or habit tracking into intuitive eating. I know you guys are going to absolutely love this podcast episode. Could you please, please, please take a screenshot of it, share it, tag us. We love your feedback. We love to see that you guys are enjoying the podcast episode. All right, now let's get stuck into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I have the incredible Coach Vanessa and Coach Kat. Welcome, girls. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. How are we both going? Really good. Doing very good. Doing very, very good. (laughs) Anything interesting has happened this week at all for either of you? Uh, Where I'm at, it hit 80 degrees. So very excited. I don't know what that is in Celsius. Yeah, I have no idea, but I reckon that is like, uh, oh, in the mid twenties at least. I'm not even going to try and guess that. Maybe it, it's going into spring, isn't it? So it's getting warm. Mm-hmm. I am not happy because we're going into our winter, and I am just not mentally prepared for it. Does it get very cold there, Tosh? Oh, <laughs> Vanessa's going to laugh considering how cold it gets for her like the coldest it gets kind of where I live in South Australia is probably like 14 15 degrees I'd say and that's a really cold day which is I have no idea I mean Vanessa I know that you are like in the minuses so I should just oh yeah here in Connecticut (laughs) on the east coast we see we see some very chilly days here in Connecticut we see like 12 degrees and this is this is Fahrenheit like this is no joke so it gets very cold over here but on our end we're going into spring and it's getting warmer so I'm like a whole much better person definitely when it's warmer outside so I'm super happy that it's turning into spring here so Uh, I don't get winter people summer there's something about the warmth that just makes you happy Mm -hmm. oh for sure yeah I need to move out of New England (laughs) (laughs) Well, you both have to come down here. I mean, 14, 15 degrees is cold, but nothing like being in the minuses and being snowed in, which I know happens to you. Way too often, to be honest. All right. So let's dive into today's topic, which is about 
intuitive eating and the problem with intuitive eating. Now, we talk about intuitive eating. Um, ideally, for all of our girls and our clients, that is our end goal for every single one of them. We think about once you've gained the knowledge and education around nutrition, macros, what your body needs in order to achieve whatever goal you want, there is no reason why you should be tracking everything that you eat in My Fitness Power or in any kind of app. At that point, I would say there potentially is a bit of an unhealthy relationship with tracking calories where you feel a sense of control. However, you know, really for most people, once you've gained that knowledge, you know what's in certain foods. But then on top of that as well, you know how to listen to your body and you know what your body needs in order to be healthy and to achieve, like I said, the goals that you want. However, it takes some time to get to that place. And that's what we want to chat about today. Now, Vanessa, from your experience in working with girls, I suppose when we have the majority of our girls come to us, what kind of position are they in um, and what's their relationship like with nutrition? Yeah, for sure. Really good question. So I think in terms of a lot of girls that we work with where they come to us, most of the time, chronically under eating, restricting calories really heavily, because most of the time, that's what they think they need to do in order to reach their goals, which we all know it's not. Um, But that's what a lot of diet culture and, you know, Instagram people (laughs) tell everyone that they need to do in order to reach their goals. So a lot of times they're under eating, um, chronically under eating and doing way too much, which we all know. So when they come to us, obviously, if you're under eating and you're restricting calories, your relationship with food is going to be poor, of course. Um, Just given the circumstances of not feeding your body enough, obviously, it's going to fight you a little bit. So in terms of where they come in terms of relationship with food, it's definitely in a place where they're thinking about food a lot, they are just not in the best place. A lot of them have that binge and restrict mentality. And it's definitely somewhere that has a lot of improvements to be made um, in terms of nutrition. Yeah, bang on. Do you have anything to add to that, Kat? No, I think that Vanessa got it right on the head. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the issue is, is that with any kind of intuitive eating, the foundation of intuitive eating, I believe, is really trust. Trust in yourself and knowing what your body needs. Now, when you've been under consuming for a really long period of time, or if, you know, the opposite of that, you've been over consuming for a really long period of time, your hunger signals are going to be completely off. And what we find is a lot of girls will come to us and they'll say, oh, like, I don't actually feel hungry. Like I'm, I'm actually quite happy eating 1200 calories. What kind of happens? And I might actually just touch on my, my recent cut that I was in was that the first week it was a massive adjustment for me. And I felt really hungry, felt super hungry. And I felt very food focused. And that was because I would, my body was used to receiving, you know, X amount of calories every single day. And I had significantly dropped that. And the body was aware that it was in a calorie deficit. And so it's sending out these signals. So we have our two hunger hormones, which are ghrelin and leptin. And I always remember it as ghrelin being your hunger hormone. And I think of it as like a little troll, like a ghrelin that's angry going, give me food. <laughs> and that's the hormone that's released to say, hey, we need we need food. And that's when your tummy grumbles. Leptin is the hormone that is released when we feel satiated. So when you feel like you, you're pretty much satisfied with what you've been eating, you don't feel hungry. And the body uses those two hormones to really manage your hunger. Now, 
let's say for me, when I went into that calorie deficit, my body realized it wasn't getting enough calories to maintain its weight. And so it sent out lots of ghrelin and it was saying, Tash, get some more food into me. I'm in a calorie deficit. However, after a period of time, we always talk about how the body adapts and it's so clever and adapts so well that what will happen is, is the body goes, oh, hold on maybe there's not enough food around. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send out some more leptin to say, hey, let's learn to be able to survive on these amount of calories. Now, that doesn't mean that for me, eating those amount of calories long-term is a healthy thing. However, I might not be getting those hunger hormones. And I'll tell you now, I don't feel hungry now. My body has adjusted to that, right? And this is where if you don't have a good understanding of nutrition and actually if your biofeedback's not in an ideal place, then you really can't trust your hunger hormones. Now, the issue with going straight into intuitive eating is that if you have for a long period of time underconsumed, you're going to come up against, I guess, some issues with not wanting to eat more or feeling uncomfortable by eating more. Um, And I know that we have a lot of our girls deal with that. And sometimes they have digestive issues as well. Um, Kat, do you want to draw on your own experiences with increasing calories and how you found that for yourself? Yeah, um, it actually, it is definitely very scary, especially if it's not something that you're used to, if you're used to eating very low calorie, um, that feeling of fullness can be can be two things. It can be like very uncomfortable, but it could also be very triggering. Um, and so even just remembering, like, just kind of like what you're doing and that it's good for your body, it can be very difficult, but, um, it is so true after a while, I like my hunger really did kick in. Um, and I was like ravenous, like very hungry. And I just thought that was so just very interesting because, I was so full on very low calories. And then as we were eating more and doing more like calories, eating more calories, like it literally just like the hunger kicked in. But if I hadn't pushed through, like if I had just been like, oh no, like I'm too full at these calories and stopped, you know, like I wouldn't have recovered a lot of that biofeedback that I have now because I was still simply just under eating. A hundred percent. And I got a question the other day and that was, when do I know that my metabolism is speeding up or when do I know my metabolism is restored? And one of the biggest indications of that is if you've been under consuming and you start eating more, you start feeling hungry, that is your metabolism kicking into gear. So that's actually a really good thing. However, what I do find is, and what I'm hearing Kat for you is that it can feel very uncomfortable. And sometimes the hunger can feel somewhat out of your control and you can make choices around food that leads you to overeat or to potentially binge. It can be sometimes kind of this triggering out of control feeling. Um, And unfortunately, sometimes that's actually a part of the process is that Mm -hmm. you've restricted for such a long time. You need to actually allow yourself just some grace and maybe you are going to overeat sometimes and maybe that's not the end of the world. Maybe you need to move past this season in your life in order to have a much healthier relationship with food. Um, Have you found that with your clients as well, Vanessa? Absolutely. I think that's such a good point in terms of like what Kat was saying, like at first that feeling of fullness is almost uncomfortable And then having those hunger cues pick up and it's like, oh my God, am I doing something wrong? Because I'm so hungry. You know, I was fine at 1200, 1300 calories and now I'm eating 2100 calories and I'm hungry. And it's like, am I doing something wrong? Absolutely not. This is your body's really survival mechanism. This is what it's doing to keep you safe and healthy and making sure that you're not going to go down that, you know, dark path again in terms of restriction. So that's a great point. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that can really deter people and really scare them and actually make them feel like they're doing it the wrong way because they're feeling like they're quite out of control around food. But what you want to understand is depending on how you've treated your body, and I think we should really touch on those that maybe are coming from a place of over-consuming as well. So maybe they feel like they do make choices around food. They rely on food for comfort. And, you know, that's very, very common. And then relearning what your, your body actually needs. And once again, this is where intuitive eating essentially needs to be earned, in my opinion. You need to earn the right to intuitively eat. Now, if you've been over-consuming for a really long period of time and you tend to rely on food as a source of comfort, then we need to replace that with something else that's not going to be as detrimental to you. We always talk about having... And it's quite funny, actually. Sorry. I'm also going to relate that to those who under eat because people use that as a coping mechanism as well. It's not just about overeating. Sometimes restriction can make you feel somewhat in control of your life as well. And if you're taking one thing in your life and you are relying solely on that as a way to cope, you know, food's not a bad thing. However, it's not a coping mechanism for life, right? It does give us joy. It, it's enjoyable, all of those wonderful things. However, it's kind of like too much of a good thing is bad, right? And mm. so when we're coming from over-consuming, the hunger that you are going to feel, and you probably will feel hungry if you're needing to decrease the amount that you're eating, but a lot of that's going to be a psychological hunger as well. You've just created this habit where as soon as you feel sad, as soon as you feel stressed, you turn to food and you need to be able to replace that. And that's going to be really difficult and uncomfortable as well. So we've got you know, all of these issues, I suppose, around food. So we have the the mentality around food. So we're relying on food and we can't go into intuitive eating if we don't have that healthy relationship with food, essentially. And then there's the education. So then there's the actual understanding about what you need to eat, what macronutrients you need to eat. Now, we harp on about protein, protein, protein all of the time. And a question we get all the time is, why do I need to eat so much protein? So I'm going to let you girls answer that. One of you can take it away. I'll take it away. Okay. So protein. Oh my God. I, I always tell my clients, I'm like, I'm like the protein queen of a coach because I think it's great. And I think a high protein diet is beneficial for so many things besides your aesthetic goals. So a reason that I have my clients eat higher protein, it's really satiating. You'll find, I know we were just talking about people that tend to overconsume, and that's why they can't, you know, intuitively eat effectively is because maybe protein is super low. They're eating really highly palatable foods. They have no idea what their true hunger cues are like, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a second. But in terms of protein, it's really highly satiating. It's going to help you with your muscle building goals. If that is your goals. And just like, honestly, aesthetic goals in general, it's also going to help you build strong bones and strong muscles, which we all want. And it's also just, there's so many benefits. I could talk about this forever, but it really is such an important macronutrient to have in your nutrition. And especially for females, a lot of them are under eating protein. Even if they're overeating calories, you're likely under eating protein. So it's definitely really important to have a solid base of protein um, within your nutrition and your macronutrient profile. 100%. Cap? Oh, for sure. I remember I was super scared to eat protein, which is very counter- counterintuitive. Um, because I did have aesthetic goals in my disordered eating, but I was terrified of eating protein. And 
And then I started coaching. I started being coached. I started eating a lot more protein and so many things lined up and just got so much better as far as like training and not being extremely, extremely sore after training. It definitely helped with my recovery. Um, I, I saw a lot of results when I was eating like high protein. I'm still eating high protein, but, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it really does like do so much for your body. And I even have some girls now that are like, I, you know, I used to never eat protein, not like, not like making a choice to be vegetarian or vegan, but are kind of like sketched out about protein as well. And it's kind of like, listen, it is, it is so important for your body. It is a vital macronutrient. Like you need to really focus on prioritizing that because it, it does so much for you. So many things that you want to happen with your physique goals, whether you have them or not, is going to be based on, are you getting in enough protein? Even if it's just, you know, like working out in recovery. So I love protein. I, I agree. I'll, I'll be a protein queen with Vanessa for sure. <laughs> And I think what's really important to understand is this is not just something that we're making up. So we look at the research and the science and we use the word high protein diet, but it's actually not high protein. It's actually just what you need. And it's going to feel like it's high protein, but that's just because you've been under consuming it. It's really funny. I'm thinking back about my past and I thought I knew about nutrition and it's, I see it for women as well so much where it's like, let's just focus on whole nutrient dense foods and what does that mean to someone it means a lot of like nut bars nut butters it means you know lots of vegetables and like just as you know quote unquote holistic foods as possible and let me just tell you the majority of that is just carbs it's all just carbs and you've got some fats in there as well and they are not protein sources so yes whole nutrient dense foods are wonderful and let me tell you also guys that red meat is the most nutrient dense food on the planet so <laughs> when we talk about whole nutrient dense foods meats are wonderful and i'm not talking about anyone that is choosing for ethical reasons to be vegan or vegetarian. We work with lots of vegan and vegetarian clients and we absolutely respect that. However, they still have protein requirements that we can get from plants as well. So it's about actually really understanding what you're consuming. And yes, these foods are great, but we need to ensure that we're having a proper ratio and a correct ratio of all of those macronutrients. So as you touched on, Kat, protein and fats are both essential macronutrients, meaning we need them to survive. You will die if you don't eat them for a period of time, right? Now, carbohydrates, they're actually not essential. So we don't need them to survive. That's why people can go keto and they can survive fine. However, Carbohydrates play a very important role in our health. So we do want them in our diet. However, I guess the importance I have here is that we find that women get a lot of carbs in usually. They really suffer with protein. And I think it's usually men that are the ones that will go and order a steak or you know, any kind of meal, they want a big piece of protein. And the, the women are always going, oh, you know, I might have some pasta, I might have a salad. Um, and they'll choose the, the other option that is more carb and fat heavy, which is not a bad thing, but it's important to actually understand what you do need to achieve your goals and for your health. 100%. Like speaking on like your own journey and everything like resonated with me too, because when I first started lifting and again, like you said, and I thought about nutrition, I was eating very little protein because I thought in my head where protein was going to make me huge, like absolutely massive muscular, like just 
like a bodybuilder huge and that's first of all does not happen I would be Wait, way what? further in my journey if I was eating the protein I needed four years ago when I had first started tracking I was eating similar to you I was like well I'm gonna eat clean you know like it's that's what's gonna help me with my goals and in hindsight I was slamming acai bowls or smoothie bowls or whatever that were a thousand calories of carbs and fats which is fine and great, but it wasn't helping my goals. And that's like a hundred percent. I feel like that's where a lot of people start where they have that like, Oh, I'm eating clean, but I'm not seeing results. Well, those macronutrients that are made up in that quote unquote eating clean is honestly way more important than necessarily eating clean. Yeah. hundred percent. Did you find the same thing with you Kat? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know what it is, why protein sometimes presents itself as a masculine macronutrient, but it's not like we all need it. It that really is does. So true. We've, ge- we've genderized protein. Yes. <laughs> that like, is that is so funny. Do you know what Kat? Like I know the reason why, and that is you just spend a little bit of time on Instagram or you spend a little bit of time on TikTok. And what you see is these women that do eat in a, like what I eat in a day and they're having these nourish bowls. And then they're having like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, like these nut butters, and then they've made like these bliss balls, and it's like it's all bull crap, guys. Yes, those foods are great, but that's not a balanced diet. And there's also this um, moral aspect to food, I find, where mm. it's like, oh, if I eat clean, good foods, I'm making good choices. I'm a good person. You don't yeah. really see what's preached out there is balance when it comes to macronutrients and what an actual typical day in the life of a normal person that gets up, goes to work, that maybe goes and studies, that maybe has children, that has other commitments, that don't have time to sit there and make these really aesthetically pleasing nourish bowls that literally no one's going to make unless you're 20 and you've got absolutely like no responsibilities in your life, you know. That's not what real eating is. And I think that sometimes has really come in and influenced the way that women think they should be consuming food or what foods they should be consuming. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. And that's a great point. And like, honestly, protein being like a quote unquote masculine macronutrient, like that may like, that's groundbreaking cat because you go into a vitamin shop here or like a supplement shop here in the States and you have somebody come up to you and it's this big guy working, you know, at the supplement shop and he's like, okay, well, you're a woman. Well, this is this pink protein bottle that's going to help you reach all your goals and help you build, you know, tone muscle instead of regular muscle. And then you find the man's protein and it's like this huge container and it says, get big. It's all protein. Like everyone has the same protein. Protein is a macronutrient. There's no woman's protein. There's no man's protein. And I think we could do a whole podcast on that, but I feel like that's such a good point. And I don't want it to be like rushed over. That's such a good point. Yeah. You're so right. In Australia here, we have the man shake and the the man shake and the, the, the woman shake, I think. You go and have a look. So the woman's is pink and it's got like a lady at the front. The guy's is blue and has like this big staunch guy. Look at the ingredients. Exactly the same. It's just marketing. It's absolutely all marketing. A gram of protein that's needed for a female is the same kind of protein that is needed for a male as well. And by eating that protein, you're not going to look jacked like that guy. You're just not. Um, but we should definitely do a whole podcast on protein because 
<laughs> I'm sure we could really dive deep into that, but that is that set aside. What I do want to touch on now is hu- hunger signals as well and learning about hunger signals and when to honour them, when to allow yourself to overindulge and feel okay with that, and then when you know that you need to be able to pull back with your nutrition. So like I said, with our girls, we get them in, we get them educated. And then as they leave, we're wanting them to really go into that intuitive eating. So as coaches, what does that look like through the process of coaching with us? Mm. I really like peppering in. I love peppering in some um, intuitive eating days with some of my girls after they've been tracking for a while. So it's like, you'll be tracking. So it's like, okay, this week, let's do a couple intuitive eating days intermixed with your tracking and you can kind of get the feel of what it's like. It's almost like taking the training wheels off. You're kind of, they've got some balance. They've got, you know, more of that kind of figured out. They understand nutrient dense foods and then hyper palatable foods and kind of the difference between the two when it comes to their calories um, and what that really looks like as far as satiation as well. And then it's like, okay, now let's try it without the tracking and see how that goes Um, and just take it step by step instead of just like diving in and expecting yourself to be able to just like do it automatically, just kind of practicing it as well as like, it really all does. Like I do like include these intuitive eating times with just a reminder of like mindfulness too, where it's like, if you are like going to be intuitively eating, you know, let's really practice being mindful in this intuitive eating where, you are like recognizing that your body does still need the fuel that you've been fuel that you've been giving it when you are tracking, but at the same time, you know, not eating like distracted to the point where you're just kind of like, Oh, well, I've been eating this for how long? I don't really know. I've been looking at my phone while I'm eating and, and now I guess I'm full. And you know, you can just kind of, it can kind of get away from you in those times when you're practicing intuitive eating. So it's really just kind of like, slowly we get into it but then we also remember to stay mindful too because that is a big component of it 100 percent. and it's like learning any new skill you kind of need to ease yourself into it you can't jump straight into it because you haven't actually learned the habit yet like you actually haven't learned it and so really easing someone into it is a is a really awesome idea um how how do you go about doing it vanessa So depending on the client, of course, but I kind of take a similar approach to cat. I kind of have like three camps. So I have the people that, you know, track their calories, um, for the most part, and they really need to learn about nutrition, right? They need to learn what carbs and fats are. They need to learn what protein is and how to structure their meals. And that's more so when someone comes from like a restriction, a really like restrictive past or they're overeating, like you kind of talked about and just giving them that knowledge, knowledge is power, right? If you know what you're consuming, you feel really good in the decisions you're making. And I think for myself personally, tracking macros transform my relationship with food 10 times over, like 10 times over learning about nutrition and what is in food and what foods are what was extremely helpful. So I find that once someone comes to us and I am able to educate them and Hey, like this is a protein, this is a carb, this is a fat. This is probably what your meal timing and structure can look like to help you with your goals and everything like that. Then I'll start to really look at free meals for a lot of people where clients will take one meal out of my fitness pal and they'll go out and enjoy themselves with friends, family, you know, whoever it may be. And I find for some people, they really, really stress out when they're not able to track their food Mm -hmm. for an entire day. Some people that's not 
that doesn't, doesn't feel good for them that, you know, it get, makes them feel like they're out of control or whatever it may be. So starting with this approach where it's more like an intuitive meal, a free meal, and then going into intuitive days out of that can be really helpful because those free meals, you will start to be in touch with your hunger cues. You'll start to feel like you can go out to eat or X, Y, and Z and really, again, develop those hunger cues that are more normal. And instead of feeling like you have to finish your plate because you're out to eat and you have no idea the next time you're going to be out to eat or have this food or X, Y, and Z, you can really start to, again, adjust to those hunger cues and then go into intuitive eating from there. So that's kind of an approach that I take um, with my clients. I love that. I love that. And um, something I'm, I'm just thinking about is the question we get around, well, I, I didn't eat enough calories today. Should I make up for those calories tomorrow? Or I don't feel that hungry today. Do I need to force feed myself? And this is where, this is where like when you understand the body is wonderful, it's really incredible. And it's not a machine where we just type in a calorie amount each day and that's what you will eat each day. Your body adjust so here's an example Monday for me I I didn't have my afternoon snack because I was really busy I just didn't have time to eat I wasn't actually hungry and so I hadn't eaten a certain amount that I would usually eat on a daily basis when I trained now on Tuesday when I woke up from the moment I woke up all day I was hungry I was actually really hungry and for me it was my body saying hey like we actually need some more food now and so I ate more on Tuesday and that's okay actually I ate more overall than if I had actually just had the snack even on Monday because I was really hungry and that's where intuitive eating is really important and to actually trust the body so my body's saying hey Tash you didn't get enough food yesterday you need more food today and maybe you're actually just extra hungry today honor that because if I don't honor that, what's gonna, what's that going to lead to? It's most probably going to lead to me feeling hungry, me being grumpy, then potentially going and actually overeating when I should have just honored my hunger at the beginning. So really learning to trust the body that it knows what it's doing. And there are going to be days where you don't feel too hungry. There are going to be days where you feel really hungry. And when you have that good relationship with your body, you trust it. You can really listen to those cues and honor those. So good. hundred percent. I think especially something that we all can relate to like menstrual cycles. Like when you get your cycle as a female, your hunger is going to increase the week before the week of whatever it may be for the individual, but definitely when you are intuitively eating, honoring that hunger and not trying to suppress your cravings or whatever it is. When you get to a place where you can't effectively intuitively eat, having those days where let's, like you said, Tosh, like you had a Monday, Tuesday, where you were hungrier one day, not as hungry, whatever it may be. And you're not freaking out about it, obviously. Like you're like, Oh, okay. I'm hungrier today. Like, that's just, that's just my body telling me I'm hungrier today. Like, it's okay. If I have an extra hundred, 200 calories, like the world keeps turning kind of situation. Mm, yeah. Oh, 100%. That's the beautiful thing with like getting your biofeedback back Yeah, is that you actually are able to kind of discern, Oh my gosh, like I'm about to start my period. This I'm, I'm feeling more hungry. This makes total sense. You know, it's not always going to, but when you have restored biofeedback, it'll be like so much more intuitive and to the point where you're like, this makes sense why my body is more hungry because this is going on with my hormones right now. I'm at this time of the month. And you're just even not just intuitive with food, but intuitive and in tune with how your body is doing and what your body is doing at the given time of the month. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, it's not going to be like we've spoken about going back to what we were chatting about from the beginning where 
if you haven't been consuming for what your body actually needs, you're, you're either never going to feel hungry or you're going to feel super hungry or as you start to eat more and you've been under consuming, you're going to feel starving all the time or, you know, there's going to be an adjustment period here. And I think getting the support around that time is going to be very important, especially if you've had a bit of a sketchy relationship with food, because it can feel like you're really losing control of any of everything. And in fact, you're actually beginning to gain control. However, sometimes we need to take a few steps back. That's what it can feel like in order to take steps forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that support in place, having that education is going to be really, really very pivotal. So the, the problem with intuitive eating is essentially it needs to be earned. And that's what we're here to say. It should be every single person's goal for their life. You want to be able to trust your body. You want to be able to trust your hunger cues and to intuitively eat. However, you've got to ask yourself the question, have I earned it? So good. A hundred percent. You have to put in the time to get, you know, the knowledge in order to get the results and the reward of intuitive eating, really, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even just encourage girls who are in like a season of tracking as opposed to intuitive eating right now. It's like, have fun with your meals. You know, not every, I mean, not everybody has to, you know, some people just eat in routine and they like to eat in routine because it's easier for their lifestyle, this and that, which is great. But I think sometimes the restriction mindset can get you comfortable with certain foods and you're almost afraid to branch out to new foods. When you're tracking, it is the perfect time to branch out into new foods because you still have those targets. You still have your calorie target, your protein target, but you're able to kind of even learn more about other foods and even break down those barriers. Maybe that fear that you have around other foods as well. It is an absolutely wonderful time to do that because you're learning, you're branching out, and then you're getting more comfortable with other foods so that when you are ready to intuitively eat, you have more knowledge in your back pocket. That's such a great point, Kat, because what we all fear and when we tend to overeat is that we get into this mindset thinking we've eaten a bad food, where when you understand if you can be intuitive in a sense when you're tracking, you can understand that there can be meals eaten out. You can go and have a cookie or like whatever it is that you want. And that's not the end of the world. It still fits within what your body actually needs for that day. And that can be super freeing. So then when you're in a situation where maybe you're not in control of your food choices, you're eating out, you understand what kind of choices you can make that are still going to help you achieve your goals. That's a really, really phenomenal point. Yeah, that's a great point. And what we preach too is flexible dieting on this team, like having what you like within, you know, moderation and everything like that. Learning about food is uh, relationship with food is something you have for the rest of your life. Like it's so important to not deprive yourself of those foods. And again, this is the reason we don't preach meal plans on our team where it's like, we want you to enjoy the food that you're eating. We want you to learn about nutrition. And a great point with that cat is just like things that you love and that you enjoy, learn about them, learn about what's in a cookie or whatever it may be, or in your favorite breakfast. So you can eat for the rest of your life and like intuitively and effectively as well. Love that. Love it. Thanks so much for jumping on here, girls. I love this conversation. Thanks for having us. Likewise, always a good time. My absolute pleasure.